Hey, John, fascinating podcast with Elisa Clickinger. Yes. Uh, I got the sense uh, in the discussion that you guys are sort of kindred spirits. You know why? Uh, well, I don't. What are your thoughts? Well, you remember when she was talking about driving through Africa on her motorcycle and she saw a giraffe? Yeah. You remember when you and I were in Cleveland and we had a couple beers one night and you, th- you thought you saw a giraffe in downtown Cleveland? No. Yeah, I remember it specifically. So you guys got that in she common. She is a fascinating lady. Fascinating this lady. was an actual, uh, this was a fun podcast and it whipped by. And you both saw giraffes. <laughs> Welcome to the Behind the Bars podcast, where we discuss all things motorcycles, memories, and mayhem. Oh, this is awesome. Sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Let's get this thing started. Here's John and Mark. Okay, on the line with us today is Elisa Clickinger, someone that we've uh, been after for maybe a couple months, Elisa, and trying to coordinate schedules. Yeah, it's been, yeah, we've been speaking for a couple months. I'm really looking forward to chatting today and excited to be here. Thanks. She's a busy woman, so uh, thank you so much for carving out some time. Elisa, where are you today that, uh, where we're reaching out? Are you in LA? No. Oh, I actually uh, spent the last week relocating to North Carolina. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'm in North Carolina. Great. Well, welcome. We're excited to have you on Behind the Bars. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So so we came upon Elisa. uh, Mark and I got talking about this. Elisa has a book out, but that book is sort of... um, uh, you know, following this this journey that she's been on of uniting women and motorcyclists and specifically adventure motorcycles. Is that correct, Elisa? Adventure motorcycles is really what you've pre- predominantly been riding on? Uh, myself, yes. But I think that my message, my, my, my journey and my message and certainly my book speak to all genres of, of, of riding. Um, me personally, I do do an awful lot of adventure riding, but I, I do plenty of street riding too. So how did this all come into being? Take us back when you first started riding. What got you into riding motorcycles? Ah, I had a dream. Um, I was going through a divorce and, uh, you know, you have a lot of stress dreams. And uh, in this dream, I was running for my life. And in front of me, I saw a motorcycle and I started running towards the motorcycle. And with this pursuer, you know, right on my heels, um, I jumped on the motorcycle and in the magical way of dreams, I knew how to operate it and sped away. And, uh, and literally, like, as I was speeding away, I woke up, I sat up in bed, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I love that. I love that feeling. I have to do this. And, uh, and that's how it all started for me. And um, I have to share that I was, up until that point, I, I had been in a family that was against motorcycles. I had actively campaigned against my sister, who actually got her motorcycle license uh, years before me. Um, I had campaigned against her getting her license. I was terrified of it. So this was revelational in my in my life to have this dream and feel that feeling in the dream and and uh, and want to do it. So yeah, um, cool. at the time uh, I said I was going through a divorce. I had one of those disposable jobs at a bank, and uh, I, a couple days later, somebody in a leather jacket came in and uh, and I said, "You." Do you ride a motorcycle? I think I freaked him out. And uh, and he said, yes. I asked how to get started, and he said, take the motorcycle safety course, and that's the best way to get started. And I did. And what year was that, Elisa? 
That was 1995. Okay. And yeah, and, and so you took the you took the MSF course, learned to ride. Yep. Uh, what yep. was your first motorcycle? It was a Kawasaki 440 LTD. Okay. And what was so fun about it is it had been I don't know whether it was like a, be, a complete beginner's bike or what, but it had uh, the forks were covered with um, uh, Air Force and Navy uh, base stickers so it had been it had been passed around a lot because it was at all these different and uh and what what was also funny about it was that i didn't actually have my license when i bought it i um so when i went to go take a look at it i i was too scared to to ride it so i made the guy who was selling it uh take me for a ride on it and you know it's a 440 and this was a big dude and i'm a large woman myself and so the two of us on those little like putting down the road, but I just wanted to make sure that it worked before I put down my uh, my four hundred dollars on it. <laughs> That's cool. That's yeah, a cool story. Cool. So, so you got the bike. Uh, you, the 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 bug had bit you, and bug you, had bitten. Yep. Yeah, and then so you started riding. How did this? How did this transform into what is now? inspirational to other women i mean i i'm i'm what i'm reading about you is that you are um uh, you know one of these uh, people out there that is inspiring others and specifically women so how, how how did that come about well thanks for the flattery and um i you know i guess i fell in love with motorcycling it's uh the the, the feeling the freedom i think like, uh, like I'm like a lot of women who, when we discover motorcycling, it gives us something to ourselves that's wholly ours, and uh, it's uh, it's it's a it's a great way to uh, be a part of the community. Uh, that the, the whole motorcycling community for me was a was a revelation. I had this sort of built-in family of enthusiasts and people who would help me out, and at the same time, it was a solitary experience riding. Uh, and learning and um, and challenging myself and overcoming those uh, mecha- uh, technical challenges. You know, your di- motorcycling is quite um, quite uh, difficult when you think about it. It's it's easy once you once it becomes a habit. But teaching your hands and your feet to do different things all at the same time, well, that that journey and um, you know making the motorcycle. Uh, you know, perform the way that you want it to perform. That there's there's never any end to that learning. It's um, it's it's constantly teaching you something about yourself. And uh, for me, as I developed skill on the motorcycle and um, built uh, uh, confidence and self esteem, uh, it helped me in other areas of my life. Looking around, seeing, oh wow, you know, maybe maybe I can do this too. Maybe I can do this too. And I think my story is pretty universal. I just, uh, you know, happened to put it in a book, and and I'm sharing it quite a bit. And uh, for our listeners that don't already know, uh, what would that book be? What's the title of the book? Oh, oh, thanks for asking. Um, uh, My book is uh, Boost Your Confidence Through Motorcycling, A Woman's Guide to Being Your Best Self on and Off the Bike. I, I can see, Mark, why... Uh, why people refer online to her as being inspirational. I mean, some of the things that kind of give, give gave me a little chills were like uh, a built-in family 
um, teaching something about yourself, the motorcycle teaches you about yourself. I mean, those are those statements in themselves. Well, you, you know I'm just tingling with excitement over here for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, to hear the genesis of Elisa's inspiration that came from a dream, you know, as a psych major, right. that's like huge for me because I'm sort of a post-Freudian guy. Yeah. I believe that our dreams really reveal Ivy League. a Mark, lot about Mark is Ivy and League. Not, none of that. It's just our dreams do reveal a lot about ourselves. And, you know, to hear how this has transformed your life, Elisa, from a dream uh, to, yeah. and I'm going to quote you because you said something on your website that really made my, um, gave me goosebumps. It's, you said it's motorcycles are the lens through which I view the world. I mean, I don't think yeah. I've heard anybody no. uh, have that sort of passion uh, where the where this machine, uh, a mode of transportation, actually has changed your view of the world. And I was curious about yeah. that statement. Alisa, what was what was your view of the world before motorcycles, and what was your view after you experienced what motorcycling could do for you? Hmm. Um, interesting question. My my view of the world, I think, before motorcycling was pretty narrow. Um, I share in my book that I was a shy housewife and I didn't have a lot of. Uh, self-esteem and I didn't have a lot of hey I can wow if I put my mind to this I can I can do this and um, through the skills that I gained in uh, learning to ride a motorcycle I'm a big proponent of safety uh, safety training by the way and I, I take two three trainings every year I'm constantly trying to build my skill and it built and that in turn builds my confidence and that in turn you know makes me feel more confident, more capable, and uh, and like I said, that does sort of spill over to other areas of my life. So now, um, you know, part of the reason why I, it was so difficult for me to come on the podcast was because I just spent a month overseas. I was riding in Spain, uh, Portugal, and Morocco. I was covering a motorcycle tour for uh, for Motorcycle Consumer News, a magazine that I have a column in, and. Uh, <laughs> I've uh, I've just made motorcycling my, my my entire life, and I'm privileged enough to be able to travel uh, on two wheels and see different parts of the world, and that in turn helps me learn more about myself and other people and the world around me, and I'm able to bring that back to my followers, which is all just super cool stuff. And my yeah, well, <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's, motorcycling has become everything for me. My 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 vocation, my partners in the motorcycle industry. It's it's. Uh, you know, motorcycling is the is my life lifeblood, I guess. Well, you're not the first woman who has talked about motorcycles transforming their lives, and so I'm starting to think, um, or I'm, I'm sure that it's the case that uh, motorcycles for women are something completely different. I mean, when you know, when we get together yeah. a bunch of guys and we talk about motorcycles, we talk about you know, like horsepower and pipes and burnouts and. You know, stuff that's like macho-y kind of stuff, like John does that all the time. Take it easy. I, I don't talk about those things, but whatever. Go ahead. Well, John's a relatively modern guy. But, you know, there's there's this guy, there's this type of guy. Uh, but for women, when I talk to them about motorcycles, it's rarely about the machine or the performance or uh, any of those sort of visceral things that happen on a motorcycle. It's all about 
sort of personal spiritual things that happen on a motorcycle. Now, to be fair to John, I poke fun at him. He also talks about that, uh, that experience that he has when he rides. But I think that motorcycles have emerged for women uh, as a tool uh, to gain uh, confidence, as your book talks about, uh, and the very title of your book does, but somehow or another, um, it seems it seems to me that um, this should have happened a long time ago because motorcycles were around for many, many, many years before what seems to be like a movement uh, of women adopting motorcycling. And so I'm curious, what do you what are your thoughts, uh, Alisa, about what was restricting women from motorcycle riding before is, is it is it coincide with the changes that we're experiencing in general in our country what are your thoughts about that hmm. i uh that's an ex- another excellent question i um i think that uh the timing is right i think both in the industry and in um and in, in uh, sort of the the, the world movement. I think that, um, you know, society is, is changing and um, the motorcycle industry is too. Women are nearly 20% of all riders now. Um, and women, uh, just on a, on a grassroots level, I think women, um, when women can see themselves in an activity, in a, uh, in a sport, in, uh, in, in, in a product, you know, if, 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 the motorcycle industry right now is using more images of women, so more and more women can see images mm-hmm. of them themselves and imagine it for themselves, and that gets them interested and um, and moving forward towards you know going through the rider courses and getting motorcycles. Uh, women also uh, network differently than men. Women are really are about community, and I think that um, I think a lot has to do with the internet actually because there's. You know, your Facebook groups. There are so many Facebook groups. Um, women supporting women in terms of motorcycling or building your business or, or whatever. And I, I'm seeing women come together all over the globe, um, uh, rallying around different uh, uh, bits of information and experiences. And um, that's a that's a that's a big discussion. But I think it's I think that internet has really opened up the world to us and helps us see ourselves. And um, and and I just have to put a plug for the industry itself because we have there's never been a better time to be a motorcyclist. And uh, we have the best products, the best you know safety equipment, the base safety apparel, helmets. You know the, the technology behind the helmets and the motorcycles and the ABS and and and. and and uh, lean angle sensors and all this stuff. And then we've got racing that bring, you know, that, and we're able to see those races worldwide on the, in the comfort of our own home on our handheld device or on a laptop or on a, on a TV. I just think that it's, uh, it's really an exciting time for, for motorcycling and people, uh, it's easier than ever to, to spread that excitement. So, Alisa, tell me, uh, or tell us a little bit about this. Uh, Centennial motorcycle ride, which which I think is really ah. really exciting, and is that uh, um, open to men and women, or is this uh, just women to support uh, the, the cause? Tell tell us tell our listeners about the, what that ride is all about. It's coming twenty twenty. Yeah, sure thing. 
question. Um, the, we have a website, www.centennialride.com, and my plan is to take a, at least 1,000 women across the United States on motorcycles celebrating uh, women's suffrage, women's right to vote. That 100-year uh, anniversary is coming up next year in August of uh, 2020, and we're going to travel from the West Coast to the East Coast. It is a female-focused event, but men are welcome to join. Uh, what I like to say is that men need to be attached to a woman somehow. You know, they need to register with a woman. Uh, we don't want it to be a... Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> men need to register uh, with, with a woman, but uh, I will definitely have a lot of men on staff, and uh, we've already had you know, a lot of men that are, that are interested in coming along with us. It's a big celebration is what it is. What I like to do is I like to wrap my big motorcycle events around a historic event. In 2016, we were celebrating the first two women to ride their own motorcycles across the country. And, uh, and then now, 2020, uh, it takes me two to four years to plan one of these massive events. So um, 2020 was the, the, the and, and women's suffrage was the perfect opportunity. Um, I like to... I like wrapping around events around historical events also because it gives us media coverage, and I think that uh, it's really important for us to spread the positive image of motorcycling outside of the motorcycle industry and, 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 and show people, again, it's back to showing people images of themselves and showing you know, what a great community we have, what awesome machines we have, what, what, what incredible opportunities there are for two-wheel travel, both in our country and, and around the world. So... I, I mix all of that into the, you know, into the package of, of one of these big coast-to-coast events. So, Alisa, you travel to some very exotic places on these tours, Africa, Morocco. You mentioned a, a bunch of very interesting places. <clears throat> I'm curious, yep. I, I'm curious, can you talk about an experience in somewhere like that uh, in Africa or Morocco that uh, was particularly memorable for you? Um, and I'm also really curious about what is the reaction of the local people in these communities when a uh, hundred odd women come riding through their uh, their place, uh, their their town, their village, whatever. Uh, what's what's the reception been like? I mean, it's got to be pretty unusual in those places to see this sort of thing. Yeah. Well, for the big events, we let them know that we're coming. And uh, I'll use Marion, Iowa, as an example. We told them that we were coming, and they rolled out the red carpet. I mean, they, had, they hosted an ice cream social for us on the town green, and um, the, the Lions Club was there cooking us burgers, and the mayor was there to give, a, uh, uh, give me a proclamation. They were proclaiming, you know, the Women's uh, Motorcycle Day for the town of Marion. I mean, it's just really, really incredible. I... Uh, uh, I think presented with the, with the, you know, with the with, with the right face, people are just so welcoming of motorcyclists. And, and would you say that's true? See that over and over again. Is it was that also true in, in places like Africa, where, um, you know, I I, I I have never been to Africa, so I can't really say what what's the infrastructure like. It's is it is it modern? Is it is it all? You know, what sort of places did you travel through in Africa? Okay, so. On my women's motorcycle tour, uh, Waterfalls and Wildlife tour in Africa in 2018, 
we uh, were in Namibia, Botswana, and we just went over the border into Zimbabwe to see Victoria Falls. Uh, this was not a, hundred, a group of 100 people. That would have a very different, I think, uh, locals would have a very different reaction to that. Um, we were a group of 12 women, and that's one of the exceptional experiences that I offer every year uh, through my through my company. Um, Africa is a big continent. It really depends on where you go. Um, uh, we go to very safe, you know, we <laughs> it's bad business to go to places where, um, <laughs> you know, your people are not going to have a good time. So we, we purposely went to countries that have very, very good infrastructure. We're not talking tribal um, uh, Africa. We're talking about places that have been... Um, uh, colonized long before we were in the United States. Uh, you know, uh, centuries of infrastructure and development, and we stayed at lodges and very nice upscale um, places. So that that are that are used to hosting travelers yeah. and and tourists yeah. and multinational tourists and travelers. That makes sense. I, I somehow my imagination ran away with me a little bit. I was imagining you on a dual sport riding with like rhinos and elephants and giraffes <laughs> and stuff like that. Well, yeah, there, there's a, there's a, there's a little element of that because Botswana um, is one of the countries that hasn't been completely fenced off yet. So there is you know quite a bit of game that you might see from the backs of the motorcycles and you do have to be careful you know in the united states you might see well we saw wild pigs you know how often do you see that in america um uh, driving driving across we saw them on the side of the highway um but in like botswana it might be monkeys it might be uh, uh heck one time i saw a giraffe um i had an incredible experience riding along and somebody uh, uh this was in namibia Somebody was came rode up beside me and he was pointing at me and you know I thought oh my god there's something wrong with my bike and I kept looking down and I didn't see any oil spilling on my boots or anything like that and I kept looking at them and they kept pointing at me I don't know after about three times of that I turned my head to the left and there was a bull uh, giraffe who we had spooked with the motorbike and he was like running alongside of me sort of pacing me and then I just sort of like rolled off the tr throttle with my mouth wide open collecting dust I couldn't believe that. Oh, it was just one of those experiences. I started crying in my helmet. Like, how many, how many times That's in this incredible. world do you get to have that, get to have that experience? It was just spectacular. Yeah, Alisa, uh, so, when you yeah. mention some of the places, or or we, we've read about some of the places that you've ridden motorcycles, it gives me a little anxiety. Uh, you know, and I, uh, I think maybe it clarifies that you're riding in areas that are, you know better infrastructure and whatnot, but still yeah. uh, relatively, I mean, you're still outside America and, and there's still challenges. What are some things that allow the, the group of ladies that ride with you when you, you know, I, I would assume that that's the impetus for this book, that, that you've, you've seen confidence increase in yourself and others. What are those, what are those things in the book that, that have, that you would, uh, tell someone that maybe hasn't read the book or hasn't been on one of these rides that can help instill some confidence in their um, in their abilities and their future. Yeah, great question. Um, overcoming the negative self talk is huge for women. Uh, we we grow up with whatever messaging we 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 grow up with, and um, 
you know, taming that self-talk is really important. Um, we also, one of the things I talk about in the book is the imposter syndrome where, where, you know, you get to a position and you're an authority and then you suddenly look around and you think, oh, God, you know, am I, am I really an authority? Do I really, you know, deserve to be here? And I don't know why we get that so, so much, um, but, um, yeah, so it's important to surround yourself with people who are positive and who build you up, lift you up instead of tear you down. Um, and and we, we're our own, very often our own worst enemies. And uh, so that's what I mean about taming the negative self-talk when you find yourself. Developing a mindfulness practice is uh, very important to sort of taming that. And then as you notice, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, there's that voice again. Okay, thank you for sharing. But Recognizing that. To think a different thought. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, Elisa, um, Mark has like uh, three or four pages of, of questions and whatnot, and I often have to slow things down. We, I know you're a busy person. <laughs> um, I know we're, we, we've are we whipped through 20 minutes of podcast, 24 minutes actually, oh, wow. uh, faster than I thought we were going to go. Mark, do you have any additional questions before we let Elisa get back to planning some of these different rides? No. That she... You just are dying to get out to no. ask? And no, I, I think we've touched on on the, the themes that I was most interested in. Elisa, you're fascinating to talk to, and I, I really could talk to you for another hour. Well, I'd love to follow up. I think oh, you know the listeners are going to tell us that we follow up maybe in September when she's resting yeah. from this centennial motorcycle ride. <laughs> um, sure thing, sure thing. Yeah. I, you know, I just want to put in real quick that I will be on the IMS um, show circuit. I don't know if your listeners will be attending the shows. A lot do. I have my own booth. Okay. Awesome. And uh, they can come ask me questions in person there. And um, can I tell you where to find my book? We, Yeah, of course. We would love to hear that. Amazon, I know, is one place that it can be seen. But if you, you, you I understand that maybe you have some potential autographed copies out there. Yes, I do have autographed copies. Um, they are available on my womensmotorcycletours.com website. So it's www.womensmotorcycletours.com slash forward slash confidence book. Um, and uh, you can get an autographed copy there. It's a couple dollars more because uh, I have to ship it again. That's out to you. But yeah, I'd love to share the book and... Um, through my website anybody can ask me questions about anything traveling overseas um i i write for a variety of magazines uh, that's how i put gas in my tank so uh, i just love supporting the community because it's given so much to me and anyone feel free to reach out ask questions awesome well elisa we really sincerely appreciate your time i know you're busy especially with a move uh what i'd love to do is <laughs> yeah. circle back in in the September uh, that time frame and uh, learn a little bit about the Centennial motorcycle ride that's um, riding to DC and in honor of uh, the 19th Amendment right to right to vote for women we'd love to hear about uh, all the stories and and uh, that goes along with that ride great let's circle back after after the ride's over wonderful Elisa thank you so much for joining behind the bars thank you Elisa thank you yeah thank you so much for having me it's been really fun Thanks for listening to the Behind the Bars podcast, sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Stay tuned for our next exciting podcast. Check out additional information on WilkinsHarley.com.